The DPP's Chen Chi Mai thanked his voters on Sunday following a landslide victory in Kaohsiung's mayoral by-election. Chen will take office by the end of August for a two-year term. He says he'll recruit a non-partisan administrative team based on merit. The by-election was the result of a recall of former Kaohsiung mayor Han Guoyu. With some 670,000 votes, Chen was elected Kaohsiung mayor with more than 70% of votes cast. He hit the streets in a motorcade Sunday morning to thank his voters. Though he fell short of his personal goal of 940,000 votes, it was seemingly a minor wrinkle on the surface of victory. Whether we're talking about the percentage of total votes or the number of votes received, all these figures put the weight of responsibility on my shoulders. Through the democratic process of this election, the people have been able to express their preference for one candidate or the other. By law, Chen will take office by the end of August at the latest. He'll be serving the two years left in his predecessor's four-year term. Speculation is swirling over the staffing of his administration. We will recruit based on merit and not party affiliation. We want the members of this administration to have their finger on the pulse of the people. We want them to immediately discern where problems lie and to be able to form specific solutions. These are all the things we're thinking about. Currently, the KMT has a majority in the Kaohsiung City Council. For the newly elected mayor, a key challenge will be reaching across the aisle to pass legislation. In accordance to the principle of democratic politics, I will adopt a softer stance and a more humble attitude in the face of questioning from city councillors. In Saturday's election, the KMT's Jane Lee lost to Chen by a whopping 420,000 votes, the widest margin in her party's history in Kaohsiung elections. But on Sunday, she was up and about in her own motorcade to thank her supporters. Meanwhile, Wu Yijin of the Taiwan People's Party went to church on Sunday following his defeat. He had received just over 30,000 votes, missing the threshold needed to get back his 2 million NT election deposit. Wu said he had fallen short of his own expectations. We kept rising in the opinion polls that we conducted. At the most optimistic point, we were hoping to reach 15% of the vote. Sometimes the polling would dip to 12%. At the worst point, it was 10%. The two defeated candidates will step back but not out. They'll both return to the Kaohsiung City Council for a new round of their fight against Chen. Two more confirmed COVID cases were announced Sunday afternoon in an unscheduled press conference held by the Central Epidemic Command Center. Both cases were detected at Taoyuan Airport. One was a Taiwanese woman in her 30s who flew in from Australia. The other was a Taiwanese man in his 40s who came back to Taiwan from the Philippines. In an unscheduled press conference, the CECC announced that Taiwan had two more confirmed cases. The two individuals are a woman in her 30s and a man in his 40s. The 30-something woman is now patient number 483. She had returned from Australia. Patient number 483 had gone to Australia in February. She started having a runny nose, stuffy nose, and cough on August 6. She arrived in Taiwan on August 14 and tested positive at the airport. 
Meanwhile, patient number 484 had gone to the Philippines in February. He began having a cough and fever and lost his sense of taste on August 8th. Like the woman, he also returned on August 14th and tested positive upon entering the country. The CECC also gave an update on the man who recently flew from Taiwan to Malaysia, where he later tested positive. He entered Taiwan in February and stayed until August 2nd. His wife was tested yesterday. We got the result today and it was negative. He has four family members who are all expected to be tested tomorrow. This patient is a Malaysian national married to a Taiwanese woman. He had five main contacts in Taiwan, including his wife. Given the fact that he first tested negative in Malaysia before testing positive at the end of his quarantine period, experts say it's unlikely he spread the disease to others in Taiwan. His first test on August 2nd came out negative, so it's not likely that he has infected anyone in Taiwan. Now, whether he was infected by someone in Taiwan, that's something that needs further investigation. As for the source of the virus, the CECC stopped short of giving a definitive answer, saying only that it's possible the source is in either Taiwan or Malaysia. Search and rescue dogs and police dogs in New Taipei now have a headquarters of their own. The local government inaugurated a building last week where the four-legged heroes can train and get a good night's rest. The complex is a step up from their former abode, which tended to get hot and stuffy in the summer. The new center is designed to allow ample airflow, and it's even got a gym, a kitchen, and individual rooms for each dog. It also has art. The walls are decorated with 13 original pieces gifted by acclaimed comic book artist Ao Youxiang, the proud dad of a retired rescue dog himself. Railway fans got a rare treat on Sunday as part of the 2020 Fugang Railway Arts Festival now underway in Taoyuan. The Taiwan Railways Administration arranged for the King of Steam Locomotives, the DT668, to go on the scenic trip from Zhongli Station to Fugang. The DT668 steam locomotive is nearly 90 years old. Shutterbugs flocked to Fugang to document its arrival on Sunday. Seating was by reservation only and capped at just 120 lucky passengers. An old airbase in Ringling County has been renovated and reopened as a site of historical interest. With help from the Ministry of Culture, Huwei Air Base has been turned into a destination to discover 20th century military life. And you can even try out your hand as a fighter pilot. A radio alert comes in and the plane takes to the air. Huwei Air Base and its barracks date to the Japanese colonial era. They became home to KMT troops and their families in the 1950s. Over time, they fell into disrepair. Now Yunlin County has made a destination of the site. Through the immersive experiences of virtual and augmented reality, you can feel like you are there yourself. When you're in the air shelter, you feel safe, but you don't know what kind of carnage might be going on outside. This ceiling projection lets visitors lounge on the floor while taking in the booms and blasts of the battlefield from all sides. After the film, there were old pictures and comics. I could really get a sense of life back in the day in a military dependence village. Sometimes the pilots used to fly really low as they were turning, 
and you could see the man up there. You couldn't see who it was, but he would wave at the ground. As well as experiencing the shelter, visitors can try out how it would be to be a fighter pilot. The site has been infused with cultural elements to help old and young tap into military history and appreciate just how precious peacetime is. Eating insects can seem like a repugnant prospect, but the idea is getting traction worldwide. Taiwan's cricket farmers hope that locals and the government can get on board with this new trending concept. Advocates of critter eating say it's a good way for you and for the environment. They're laying the groundwork for bugs to take off as a food source in Taiwan. Here's our Sunday special report. It's noon. Here is Jiayi County's Lutao Township. We're at a restaurant with more than 70 years of history. Third-generation owner Lin Guiqian is introducing his dishes to a customer. Lin switches up his insect dishes regularly. It's out with the old and in with the new as different bugs come into season. At the beginning, I was really quite frightened because I'm afraid of insects, so I had to mentally overcome that. When I tried it, I found that it was completely different from what I expected. It was very crunchy, very fragrant, very delicious. As early as the 1940s, people in the countryside regularly were eating insects. They would do this to supplement their protein intake. Insects have a different level of crispiness compared to other cuisine. You deep fry them, chuck in a bit of seasoning, and they're done. Although they may not look appealing, these insects could have a big role to play in the future of food. In Yunlin County's Mailiao Township, there's a farm that cultivates crickets. It promotes organic farming and uses scientific methods to breed local crickets. The efficiency of protein production in insects is 20 times greater than that of cows but their impact on the environment is also much smaller. For example, in terms of carbon emissions and their use of drugs, land and water, they have a much, much smaller footprint compared to other farmed animals. The feed conversion ratio of insects is considerably high. To produce one kilogram of meat, a cow must eat 10 kilograms of feed. A pig must eat four kilograms and a chicken three kilograms. In comparison, a cricket only needs to eat 1.5 kilograms. Also, crickets contain much more protein than other meat products on the same weight basis. The high feed conversion ratio and nutritional value of insects has gotten them a good deal of attention. This is because the conventional farming industry has been expanding continuously. Today, methane from cows account for 20% of the world's greenhouse gases. The warming climate and increasing pollution have pushed as many as one million species to the brink of extinction. There's a food shortage and the climate is changing. In terms of resource sustainability, if we were willing to eat insects, we'd have a new protein-rich food. 
bugs could be just the ticket out of a pressing environmental quandary. How would farmers go about producing crickets for commercial use? Uh, 各位好,這邊是我們的玻璃屋養殖區,從蟋蟀的孵化到成蟲的前期,我們都是在這個玻璃屋裡頭預產。飼料,我們盡可能的用一些。For the feed, we use pesticide-free grain flour as much as possible. We regulate the portions based on the age of the crickets. Then there is the drinking water. For drinking water, we use regular boiled filtered water. We use sanitized containers and buckets to hold them. By engineering a completely safe environment for the crickets, farmers hope that people will feel safe eating them when they appear in a variety of food products. Uh, we over here on this table, you can see the dry crickets that we start out with. This is how they look earlier on. This here is what we get after grinding the crickets with a machine. They are completely unprocessed before they go into the grinder. Before this powder can be used, it has to go through heat treatment. If I had to describe it, I'd say it's something like dried shredded fish or meat floss in terms of flavor. Ground crickets are high in protein and amino acid. It can be added to bread and used for baking. But although cricket powder looks innocuous enough, the average person would still be averse to eating it. We held a cricket festival where there were many activities related to crickets. During the festival, people tried cookies made with crickets. Before I told them that they were made with crickets, they thought the cookies were delicious. Once they knew there were crickets in there, their faces changed. They were like, ah, how can I eat crickets? Academics say that if you think about it, insects are just like the creatures that walk about in the ocean. From that perspective, eating them is not at all strange. Insects are so closely related to shrimp and lobsters and people eat that. If you can eat a crab, you can eat an insect. They're both arthropods, they both shed their skin. Well, insects are just land crabs. In these past few years, all manner of food made from insects have been available on store shelves overseas. They are seen as representing the green food revolution. We see that in the US and Europe, they are actually quite happy to promote the idea of insects as food. It's easy for them to promote it, but here in Taiwan, the movement lacks momentum. We even see that in Japan they promote bugs. In Korea, there are seven insect food products. When they showed up in supermarkets, I was stunned. I thought, wow, they are moving so fast. Can Taiwan catch up? In Taiwan, there are still no clear regulations governing insect-based food products. On the Food and Drug Administration's list of permissible food ingredients, the only insects listed are bees and black ants, although the list of animal byproducts is longer, including beeswax, pollen, and silk. We released a document outlining the guidelines for applying for the use of non-traditional food ingredients. Businesses are to attach information about the ingredient in question, the history of its use as a food in Taiwan and overseas, regulations in different countries governing their use, safety documentation, and so on. If, after an assessment, we find that the ingredients can be used in food products, we'll announce it and give manufacturers a green light. The government says it's open to the idea of insects as food, but at the moment, bug cultivation is a grey area in Taiwan law.
饲养昆虫，嗯，它到底是属于畜牧，还是它是属于？ Does cultivating insects fall under the rubric of animal husbandry, or is it considered farming? For example, at the Council of Agriculture, animal husbandry is handled by the livestock office, but farming is handled by the foodstuffs office. So, who would manage insect cultivation? The livestock office only deals with animals like cows and sheep and other such traditional livestock. They don't deal with insects. However, the foodstuffs office only takes care of honeybees and their byproducts. They don't deal with insects like crickets or with this type of insect cultivation. At present, Taiwan does not have a relevant regulatory framework in place for insect cultivation. The industry relies instead on manufacturers regulating themselves. Is that enough? Could eating insects inadvertently give rise to cross-species disease transmission? 昆虫是属于无脊椎动物的节肢动物，但是呢，像 insects are invertebrate anthropods. In contrast, animals like pigs, cows, bats, and mice are all vertebrate mammals. They are much more closely related to us. Our relation to insect is much, much more greatly separated. The risk of diseases passing between humans and insects is very low. It's basically impossible. Academics say that the main concern with eating insects has to do with the food that insects themselves eat. Europe had the very big、um, mad cow disease outbreak a few decades ago, killed a lot of people. So, Europe passed laws after this outbreak to prevent、uh, infected. Cow meat from getting into the food chain. Insects do not have prion diseases at all. We don't know if the insect will transmit the prion. However, you can't give them anything that may contain meat at all. The only thing we give them is plant material. Many industries have begun turning toward the green economy. The commercialization of edible insects may be the next frontier. 人家说未来食材，吃虫救世界，它的碳排放量低。We say that when it comes to food security, insects can save the world. Carbon emissions associated with insects are low. They are easy to cultivate, and they consume much less feed than livestock. And even so, the nutritional value they provide is much higher than meat. This green economy that we emphasize is good for the environment. It's good for people, and it's good for the land. We see this everywhere, all over the world, every continent: Latin America, Africa, Europe, America, Australia. Everyone is getting into the edible insect thing. This is a skyrocketing market. Everyone's trying to find some kind of product in it. It's a brave new world. To enter it, startups, academics, and officials will have to work to help Taiwanese get over reservations about bugs, to embrace them as the food of the future.